0: Matters of the mind. Are you looking for answers, ideas, or just want someone to listen to you so you can vent? Join Dr. Peter Sacco as he discusses what matters most issues that surround the mind. He gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to issues involving anger, depression, addictions, fear, anxiety, relationships, sex, abuse, bullying, and everything concerning you. And now here's your host, Dr. Peter Sacco.
1: Welcome to Matters of the Mind on this beautiful October day. I'm Dr. Peter Andersacko, and with me always is our co-host, and my co-host, that is, and producer Todd Miller. How are you, Todd?
0: Doing uh, very well today. I understand you're exceptional.
1: <laughs> I, uh, exceptional. I built myself up exceptional as I have this throat thing and cough thing going on, folks, so you hear me hacking away. <laughs> I am speaking words into existence of healing and complete restoration, rather fast for myself because I do not have time for this.
0: I will mute your mic whenever you're not speaking today.
1: So over the over the last few weeks, we've had I've had several uh, folks actually contact me on Facebook, which uh, absolutely flattered. Love when you uh, contact me, private message or post on my wall. Um, and one of the things that was brought up is okay, you guys talk about mental health issues. Oftentimes surrounding adults, um, you've even had stuff to do with kids. What about teens? And I thought that's awesome. That uh, um, I've had several folks, as I say, write in and they want to know more about teens. So we decided to go out and get an expert, somebody that would be really exceptional, somebody who I guess has the wherewithal to talk about it. And we are going to bring on today the founder of a great organization called Kids Now Canada, and that would be Janet King, who's going to be joining us.
0: That sounds very cool. So we're dealing with teens, rather. We've been dealing with, I guess, children of all ages over the past, uh, you know, number of shows, and just due to my experience, I tend to focus on the younger the younger set, but uh, we, we do know those, those teens can be challenging, can they not?
1: Oh, absolutely, and it's really... Um, interesting uh, some of the stats if you go to their awesome website at kids now org um, and they've got a section there about us and the teens issue which is really really cool I like and they give a uh, Janet puts us some really cool stats uh, one of them is that uh, on the area of mental well-being that approximately one in five Ontario children and youth experience some sort of mental health concern and interesting um... Also, with the fact that since we're going to be moving into uh, Bullying Awareness Month in November, a few weeks away, uh, 46% of Canadian parents with kids currently in school said that as far as they knew, their kids are being or were being bullied at some point.
0: Yeah, and I can see that even with my 8-year-old. I mean, bullying, I mean, there are different degrees. It's not just about the physicality of it. I mean, bullying can be just... Speaking to someone in a certain way and placing a threat or or just having the intended victim feel that there's a balance in power. There's a power struggle, there's a um, you know they're not they're not peers, they're not equals. and and so it can be something as simple as what somebody says about what they wear or what they choose, you know to bring for lunch. There's just so many different um, variations of it.
1: What's interesting, I find, Todd, is that back in our day, a lot of these uh, things on the list that you look on in terms of stress, low self esteem, bullying, um, the list goes down even into, as I said, the mental health issues, youth living in poverty. And then there's one on there that really, you know, rang home that used to still be talked about, was talked about in our time, has even gotten greater um, coverage now is peer pressure. Mm. And you look at that now, and I, you know, I'm going to ask Janet this, throw it right out there to her when she comes on. But I wonder if it, is bad as bad today peer pressure in schools, or has peer pressure kind of um, gone the way of the dodo bird in person and it's more about now online peer pressure? I, I did a radio show yesterday for uh, a great uh, sh- show in Eastland, Texas, and we were talking about this. Has technology, i.e., the computer, online social media, replace face-to-face, if you want to call it, teen and kid issues. And I I don't know what you think about that.
0: I think we've touched upon this uh, briefly in the past where um, kids are hyper-connected these days. You know, in my generation, when you left school, you left school, you left your friends, you were home, you were in the safe safe environment of your home. The only way they could reach you was to call you or to come to your door. And if it was a bully, they wouldn't come to your door because your parents would be there. And it just wasn't the right situation. They would wait for you after school or whatever. You know, I'm going to beat you up after school kind of deal. But now kids are hyper-connected. They learn your phone number. They know your name on Facebook or your Twitter account. They can reach out to you. And negatively impact you in so many ways twenty four seven you know if a if a bully's sleepless at two a m that person can reach out and leave a message for you or post on your Facebook wall or instagram you or whatever. I think in many ways bullying is more apparent and insidious than it may have been in my generation
1: Do you think that technology in terms of online social media texting is as intense when it comes to the ability to influence somebody as it is in person because IE thought for me if somebody was bugging me online let's say I just think well delete click shut it off walk away yep case closed whereas if it's in person where a teenager has issues at school or you know any child for that matter they go okay I'm walking away from you but then the bully or the person who's putting the pressure on them follows them I, I wonder what that distinction is today.
0: I don't know. I think um, part of it is there's um, there's really for us we know you can block someone, you can get away from someone a variety of ways electronically. Kids, I don't know if they if they know that's possible. They maybe they know it's possible, but maybe there's some backlash like oh, you blocked that guy. Why did you do that? Um, and I also think that there's a fear that anything they do online could be brought forward at any point in time and used as leverage or embarrassment in the future. So we've all heard about people in sexting and and in just even texting, getting getting into trouble for, for sending texts. So I think it's pervasive. Um but even, even in person, I mean, yeah, you can walk away, but there's always witnesses. And some of this bullying can happen one-to-one. And I think that's a very different thing from when we grew up, is if someone was bullying you, it was usually in the playground, and there were usually people around. You know, they wouldn't get you alone unless they could, you know, pin you in the bathroom or something. But, but I think now, I mean, it's really one-to-one. It can happen anywhere, anytime, one-to-one, and very few people are aware of it.
1: You know, and it really makes me wonder as well, too, because um, I've had a lot of folks bring this up constantly and they ask me, um, Do I think today's kids and teenagers are angrier um, than previous generations? And, you know, and I always ask them, Todd, like, What do you mean angrier? And that's the, it's, it's like a trite, trivial concept anger. Like, okay, what is their anger? <clears throat> is it they do not feel like they fit into society? and then what aspect of this is um, the part that they don't fit in that's causing the anger. And so then somebody brought it up and said, "Well, Pete, there's like a parallel universe if you really think about this. A really pseudo society that says you have your everyday living life, which is the real you. You go to school, go to work, whatever that may be. Then you have the parallel universe or the alternate you, which is your whole online lifestyle, which could be totally different, a totally different persona." And what is the anger component then? Is it kids able to fit in one but not the other? Or kids that have now these dual personalities from their real life school and then their on life um, social life and then they're angry because wow the online social life is tremendous, it's awesome. I meet people all world around around the world, I'm top dog, but then again I've also faked this persona that I'd created. I've embellished it, I've made myself into something that I'm not, and the real anger comes that when I go to school I don't have to go back to being that person that is not cool in my eyes or other people's eyes that know me on the other side of the world. And then the question then comes up, why are, you know, is this the catalyst that's causing some kids to go to school, shoot shoot their classmates in that?
0: I think uh, it's, it may even be a little simpler than that, too. And I think you're aware of this. I mean, Facebook, um, when you spend a significant amount of time on Facebook, and I don't know if it's part playing into that where we have this wonderful fantasy life on, on Facebook and then we get off um, and we're back to reality. But it could be something as simple as just something about being on social media for extended periods of time makes people agitated. And I'm not sure why, but there have been plenty of news stories that have gone around about that. And I think, our kids angrier? I think they're restless, you know, when we were young, we had a limited number of things to do to keep us busy, and maybe once in a while we would say to our parents, "I'm bored," but I don't know how many times I hear now, with all of the variety of activities that kids have these days, "I'm bored." So who knows?
1: I like that actually, because there there is a strong correlation to um, individuals with higher IQ, IQs that do get bored easy, that are more likely to become delinquent and you know go against the grain of society. And it's quite possible that that is what's happening. The alternate universe that they exist in online is so much more fascinating than their real lives, and perhaps this is what's causing the board you know, the boredom, Todd. And then they need to stimulate themselves in this real world, in, in schools or whatever it is. And perhaps that is why they bully, um, or perhaps that is why they suffer from the mental health um, disorders that they have, because it's like, wow, in the alternate universe, I'm I feel great about myself, but in this other one, this is my reality where I spend you know 8 or 9 waking hours that i have to be in in physical you know physical person persona and i don't like this and at the end of the day your physical body you know kind of reflects and manifests the the psychological uh, disorders that you have
0: and i think there's a an 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 anonymity that social media brings to bear that allows you, as you said earlier, to pretend that various things are happening in your life. But you can be pretty much anyone online. And people that have social anxieties or awkwardness in dealing with people one-to-one can be themselves on social media. But then maybe it blurs the line into being someone else rather than themselves. So, hmm, I don't know. But I just think that it allows... Kids to converse in a in a variety of ways that they would perhaps not be comfortable with in real life.
1: Absolutely, and and I totally agree with that. I think you know there's this fine line, which kind of, um, you know, we're 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 the razor's edge. You know, at what point do you go between what is you know normal normality in your life, and then you know projecting yourself to be something that you're not, and then conforming. And I want to use that. That term because it's on Janet's website, conforming, uh, peer pressuring, going to basically go to what is online. And somebody's got a great meme there. You buy into it and you don't even know why you've bought into this by a person you don't know a person. And the next thing you know, you're projecting that out in your real life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, there's just so many factors at play these days, but I'm interested to see what she has to say on uh, some of the things we've touched on.
1: That'll be awesome. And when we come back, folks, we will have Janet King From Kids Now Canada, she's an awesome, awesome person who's making a great difference in Canada. Stay tuned, we'll be right back.
0: Do not go anywhere. More Matters of the Mind just around the corner. The music you'll hear on Out of the Blue will be jazz for the most part. No specific styles or genres. Every piece of
2: music is hand-picked to deliver quality performances. Out of the Blue can be heard on RTDS.ca, live Mondays, 1 to 3 p.m., and encore performances Tuesday to Friday, anytime on demand. It's the true spirit of jazz, a touch of everything and then some.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: I'm Larry Green.
1: Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco and do you have technological rage oh yeah the new rage of anger download my new book today technological rage on my website www.petersacco.com and learn what technological rage is and how it is sweeping people today leading to online dating anger texting anger and social online networking forums hmm, did you ever think you might get angry texting facebooking or online dating maybe you never thought it would happen to you or maybe you know somebody that has this and you just need to understand it a little more
0: welcome back to mental health matters with your host dr peter sacco
1: to matters of the mind where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week and as we said folks definitely keep the emails coming the facts or or, uh, facebook messages coming i'm sick an old school (laughs) just kind of dated myself get the telex
0: break out the telex machine
1: absolutely and definitely continue to tweet us folks because we absolutely love you and we love the ideas that you have for our show and this was one of your ideas that you wanted to talk wanted us to talk more about kids and definitely teens And as we promised, joining us now is Janet King, who is the chief kids officer and founder of one of the most amazing organizations in Canada. And I'm going to be so bold as to say the world, which is Kids Now. Hello there, Janet. How are you? I am awesome. How are you, Peter? I am doing really well today. And I guess the very first thing I want to ask you, which is probably going to be the most simplistic thing, uh, you know, no multiple choices here, is. Tell us a little bit about Kids Now. How long has it been in existence, and how did it come to pass? Uh,
2: thanks for asking. Um, Kids Now has been around for 15 years, and it uh, we've been uh, operating in Ontario and throughout different provinces in Canada. And the real genesis of the program was that I used to be an educator. And I saw from so many different perspectives... Um, ability to react to um, scenarios that children were in. And I felt that we were doing a lot on a reactive measure, but not so much on a responding uh, measure. And what I really came to see was that um, regardless of where a child came from, whether or not there was a Range Rover in the driveway or they lived in social assistance, all kids had issues. and. That the opportunity to get there before we had to react to be out there on a proactive measure was something that really um, aligned more with myself. Um, I appreciated all the reactive programs that we, we we have and and we will continue to need to have, but it was also something within my head that you know I would have you know dreamt of a moment to speak to several off uh, chief chief of police to say, you know, I'd I'd really love to put you out of a job with respect to what's happening with our youth. These kids are moving forward. They're they're making positive choices. And I knew that if we just gave them the boodle bag, the toolkit, that would enable them to strengthen their sense of who they are, their sense of worthiness, that they would take on some of the challenges in their life with the opportunity to have the confidence to know that there was a reason to make a good decision, because there was a end result that would be better for them, not just for today, but for tomorrow. So I kind of had the another, you know, the wonderful experience of living overseas, and I worked with kids from all over the place, and I worked with people from all over the place, and I worked in an international business environment, and in Canada. And it just kept ringing true, you know, you're a kid, you're an adult that there are so many decisions that we make at the time to the best of our ability, but we always have had this, you know, what, what I have done differently. And I love, I always refer to um, Judge Judy and Larry King, and there's a reason why I'm getting into this, is I can remember watching this, you know, just caught the tail end of an interview, and uh, Larry King says to Judge Judy, you know, have you ever made a bad choice? And she's like, oh, my God, like, never. And then he goes, really? Like, seriously? He said to her, "You, you mean you've never looked back on something you've done and you've never, like, wow, I made a bad decision? To which she retorts with, oh, my God, like, of course I have. But at the time, I made the best decision I could. The reason why I'm bringing that up is that when I look at what I've wanted to do and why I'm doing what I do, which was your question, I think that there's too many times where we make the wrong decision but we we make the best decision that we can, so you, you don't have to be an Einstein to go. Okay, well, what happens if we give people more ability to make better decisions? Then we're going to be looking at what is really a very turbulent time um, in one's development, which is the teenage years, um, which has enough evidence-based research to support the craziness of this time, with you know, with respect to their wiring, that this is a very crucial time that we need to get the kids so that we're giving them the right tools in their toolkit so they can make better decisions. And the mission of Kids Now, which is really hasn't changed, um, is you know, helping kids believe in themselves so they make positive choices to, to, make their, to reach their full potential.
0: I love your job title. <laughs> Did you, were you able to choose that yourself? Um, looking at the website uh, and then hearing you speak, uh, you're saying that you're helping kids make better decisions going forward, but you also touched upon something about Larry King yeah. asking Judge Judy if she ever looked back. Does that play into your program where you help kids evaluate some of their past decisions to to be able to put some like a frame of reference around how they got to that decision and maybe why it wasn't the best choice, even though it was the best choice at the time.
2: Well I think that this is something that you've um you know you've brought up Todd that I think we all if we take a look at our lives we, we need to do, right? And I think that many of us older, you know, we, we go down the, the road and we're much older and it's absolutely something that we do with our kids because we don't want kids to be saying, oh, I wish I had of. Mm -hmm. I wish I had. I mean, we're all capable of saying that. But if we can provide this experience, this knowledge, this realistic framework that tomorrow will come, absolutely. But when I land tomorrow, I want to have things happening in my life that are based on my ability to make the best choices as to how my future will will pan out,
0: and and I just want to jump in that it's not to dwell on something or to re-experience something that you went through because a lot of people can get caught up in that uh, and then re you know re-experience that whatever happened to them again and that's really not what it's about. It's about just sort of cherry picking, in my opinion, key decisions that were made or key thought processes that were made at the time and how those can be improved upon.
2: Absolutely. It's, I think that, you know, we, we all, I mean, it's how you start your day. Is the glass half empty? Is the glass half full? Right. And that's your choice. That's the power of you when you steer your ship. It's, it's your choice. If you want to look at these things and take them as a learning experience and how to move forward, no, you don't need to sit there and dwell in it forever. I think one of the big components to not dwelling is the equation you have for how worthy you think you are. And the more worthy you think you are of good things in your life, there's less time that you're going to spend spinning around in negative energy because you know that your time is precious. And when when you have the decision to make, I'm not going to sit around and bask in the, the negativity. I'm going to zoom myself over to the positivity. And you know that you've got control to do that you're going to recognize that there are patterns that have happened in your past, and they're not going away. Your childhood does not, you know, fly under the rug and stay there. It's there. We have to acknowledge the real emotions that occurred. But how we go forward with those emotions I think are very determined with how we address them by how much weight and, 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 and support and love we've given ourselves. And that is one of the key pillars of what we're doing in our organization.
1: I love that, Janet. I really do. I think it's awesome. And Thank having you. my having myself been uh, a professor for 20-something years, I forget what it is now, and actually teaching um, teachers that wanted to become teachers in a master's program across the ditch here um, in Niagara Falls, New York, at Niagara sure. University, and preparing teachers who wanted to be principals, we would talk about this in lectures sometimes. And I, I guess I want to throw this your way then. Yeah. What, what happens, though, Because you guys have a great platform. You're trying to do this kind of like don't live with regrets. uh, Live in the present moment and create this future through, you know, positive thinking, positive expectations, positive outcomes, because you're your best self in that moment. What about then when you've got parents that are um, negative or the child comes from a negative background and they have to go back to that negative background?
2: You know, it's Uh, just to... um... Comment on something is I don't live in this la la land, you know, like, oh my God, everything's Pollyanna, everything's positive, there isn't any negative. It's, it's, there is negative. I mean, I'm gonna have to pay my taxes by the end of the week. Um, But it's what you do with it, right? And I think that there's a certain ability for some people to move forward and to really embrace positivity because um, it is their choice and they're very aware. And I think that's really, you know, Peter, part of the big kind of, I don't want to say battle because that's connotations of negativity, but it's really addressing the fact that negative things have happened. And when people are aware that that's where they're from, then what I like to emphasize and what I've done in workshops is it enables the individual to appreciate how they're enabling. Someone to feel negative about themselves. When you're not aware of how you treat yourself, if you're not aware that really your um, ability to look at yourself with appreciation and kindness is very low because you haven't done it, because you've come from a background where you were treated like, you know, you were treated very poorly, and you're enabling whether it's the students in your classroom, whether it's your kids, the people at your workforce. If you're not aware of how you're treating yourself, then you're passing and role modeling this on to others. Totally. And that's where I when I was asked to speak at sick kids and they said, Will you speak on bullying? And I said, I, I can, but I had to stop and think about the fact that I didn't want to just have another band aid to individuals who have been bullied. I wanted to turn it around. And when I started to think about what I really wanted to speak about, I started to really think about the biggest bully I knew, and that was me. Me to me. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I stopped treating myself poorly, then there was a greater opportunity for me to have a positive impact on those around me, because I would be role modeling decisions that were kinder to me.
1: So uh, I guess let me follow this up then, Janet. Um, Totally agreement. Totally in agreement with what you're saying, and I totally get it. What about now today's Canada, especially today's Ontario, where you have um, a diversity of cultures, a diversity of beliefs and ideologies? How does that figure in to it? Especially, you know, your and I'm going to use this term Canadianizing children but yet they're still coming from old-school values from old countries, so to speak, old ways of doing things, which perhaps some people would say, well, that's not really acceptable here because we don't subscribe to that. I don't know. What are your thoughts, or how do you deal with that?
2: Well, you know, it's um, a big question, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I uh, didn't want to stump you here. <laughs> I can't have the excuses too early in the morning, but, um, you know, at one point, Um, there was a a large consideration within the organization to set up internationally, and one of the opportunities that came our way was to set something up in Israel. And you know, one of the big things that was going to have to occur is that we'd have kids from the Gaza Strip, and we'd have kids who were living in Israel, and we wanted to find a way to bring them together. And the biggest thing that was going to occur for these kids to come to the table and to collaborate was what was discussed at the table that they were at and where they came from. And there was this huge, you know, realization, and I'm not coming up with any secret sauce here, was that these kids had been indoctrinated and that where they had come from was... There was a certain element of indoctrination, but there was a certain element of that this type of behavior and these comments on these other people, funny years, was that it was... Uh, there was a lot of negativity and that there was a perception. But this, the process of inquiry to under really understand how they were different wasn't really something that was brought to the table. In fact, it was a behavior that was a consuming three-quarters of their day. It was a behavior that they were so used to doing that their life, what would their life be without it? It was their purpose. So, you know, how, in terms of Canadianizing, it's also looking at, you know, international relations and appreciating that at the end of the day, and I had this wonderful experience when I represented Canada, and it was something that was done and recognized at the UN, and everyone had to get to this one location. And as soon as we got there, everyone took off their Canadian stuff and the people from Costa Rica and et cetera, et cetera. There were about 17 delegations. And no one knew where anyone came from because I was wearing stuff from Sweden. (laughs) So the point that I'm trying to get at is You can take off a lot of stuff and you can take away a lot of baggage. And at the end of the day, there's some real strong things that unite all of us. And whether or not you want to call it your Ten Commandments or whatever, but there's some really strong core pillars of values and systems that we need to really get back to. And, you know, a lot of what I think, not what I think, but what we, as an objective, is we want to keep what's happening in this world, we want to simplify it because it's become very complex. But I don't think it's, 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 it's become complex because we've chosen to make it complex. So Canadianizing, um, bringing it into just the now. No, you have to appreciate what's happened in the past. But moving forward, we can appreciate that we can also simplify it so that we can meet some of these objectives of, you know, you are my neighbor. I've supposedly had to hate you all my life. But if I really stop, and take it from a different perspective, there might be some things that are really common about us.
0: So we need to take a break. And uh, wow, I'm just gobsmacked by all the great information you are sharing. And uh, we've got more with you right around the break. You're listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk radio.ca. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the gta listen every sunday at 4 p.m here on radio that doesn't suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate questions or topics you'd like to see covered email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the mulholland ross team at 416-230-8500
1: Welcome to my new book, Niagara's Most Haunted Legends and Myths, which is not just a book about ghosts and haunted places, rather about history in the Niagara region. This book explores and uncovers parts of the Niagara region which are considered some of the richest in North American history and the most haunted. As a matter of fact, one of the bloodiest battles in North American history, the War of 1812, between the British and the Americans, was fought here. And this year, the bicentennial year anniversary of the War of 1812 is covered in this book. This book explores most of the haunted places, legends that have existed from the 1800s right now to 2012. Each chapter covers a different type of landmark which not only educates readers on historical significances, but also entertains with anecdotal ghost stories and paranormal investigations. Join me in this book as we visit beds and breakfasts, ships and boats, trains, tunnels, museums, mansions, highways, forts, cemeteries, waterfalls, and many more, and see if the Niagara region is really haunted. Most Haunted Legends and Myths is now available at Indigo Chapters and online on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and visit our website, www.NiagarasMostHaunted.com. Be afraid. Be very afraid.
0: Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco.
1: Two, matters of the mind where everything... Mind Matters to us each and every week. That would be myself, Dr. Peter Andrewsacco, and my beautiful, charming co-host, <laughs>
0: Thank you. Accolades. And
1: today, <laughs> and today we have absolutely an exceptional guest. I'm so excited to have her on our show because we waited a while to get her on, and we've got her on today. Her name is Janet King, who is the Chief Kids Officer and founder of Kids Now Canada. So, Janet, you've told us a little bit about um, Kids Now that it has been around for a while, that it is a tremendous organization here in Canada. So, I maybe, hopefully, this is not a, a, a tough question and, or a zinger. I guess it's more of an opinionated question on your part.
2: I don't have an opinion, Peter. So you're- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, it's, it's the
1: morning. So, nobody really has an opinion. They just kind of uh, you know what the flow, based on caffeine or lack of caffeine. Exactly. So, and it, it it actually comes from uh, somebody who wrote several uh, listeners who have written it in, in the past in regards to they wanted to hear more stuff <clears throat> uh, involving teen issues today. Yeah. So, so say that we were sitting here on on Jeopardy. Uh, Todd is Alex Trebek, and it <laughs> comes up on the screen, and you need to the category is teens issues. Yeah. And you're going to go for the big one, the thousand dollar one. What would would you say, in your humble opinion, uh, and through your you know your knowledge through Kids Now Canada and any other organizations that you come across, what is the biggest issue today facing teens?
2: Well, it's a you know again it's a, it's a very uh, it's a very good question. It it comes down to I think different perspectives and different people have different ways of looking at things. Um, what I see, uh, what I read. Uh, is that uh, and not only what I see and what I read, but getting out you know and having my town hall meetings with teachers and kids is that there's this underlying fitting in, fitting into uh, something that um, they want to fit into because there's so much concern, so much awareness of who's around them. and they don't want to be really different. So in order to achieve that, um, it causes, I think, a lot of anxiety for these kids. And it has definitely become much more prevalent, this whole anxiety and the stress that kids are under because of this. I think that it very much was there before. I mean, there's always been the issues of, you know, family issues. Um, Bullying is not a new thing. It's it's just we've added we've slapped on unfortunately cyberbullying. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never been a world where there hasn't been some kind of like drugs and alcohol, is absolutely there, um, and it's become you know huge. The whole idea of you, you know it's again getting to the clique that you're in, and you know I can I see it with my own daughter. I mean they all wear the same this, they all do the same that. She's a very outspoken child, but she's still very aware of the decisions that she makes that won't necessarily put her into a different camp. So we're trying to get kids to really address what can happen when you have developed a greater sense of who you are and what your strengths are and, and your weaknesses and your ability to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, and uh, I'm aware of you know these the peer pressure that's in our existence, but it's important the kids understand that peer pressure has been around forever. It's just now coming in different derivatives. So to answer your question, I it's from my position that it's this fitting in uh, component.
0: Yeah, um, Dr. Sacco and I were talking about that before you came on about just how much it's morphed into the social environment. Um, and it's so much more immediate yes. than it ever was, where, as, sure. I, as I said to Dr. Sacco, you know, a bully would bully me until I got home and then I was free from him until yeah. 8.30 the next morning, whereas now it's so pervasive and, and 24-7. But I would I would like to touch upon your website for a second sure. and I would ask everyone to go and visit the Our Impact section of the kidsnowcanada.org website Because it really talks about some simple things. Now, you teach them five essential life skills, Uh which is incredible because um, looking at it, self-esteem, goal setting, communication skills, conflict resolution, there's a big one, Uh and stress (laughs) management, which is so, so important these days because um, I have a child with with mild ESD, and one of his challenges is emotional regulation. And and I've heard so much about stress management and kids with autism, but Uh it applies to so many other kids these days Uh that are bombarded with so many um, uh, messages and text messages. Talk a little bit about those five essential life skills and how important they are to almost everyone.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, the program is absolutely tailored for kids in grade 7 and 8. For that very transitionary time, um, you know, the teenage brain is going through a lot. There is different development in the brain than there is in other times. Um, the, The essential five key skills are, again, there's nothing in there that Goldman, you know, emotional intelligence wouldn't say, you know, an adult needs. There's nothing in there that Barbara Fredrickson, you know, positivity wouldn't say. It's something. It's nothing. You know, Jim Collins and Good to Great wouldn't say. Um, you know, these are the important things that we need to take someone to a new level. To put all those someones into a group and make all those individuals a group. Um, the the components, the modules within the program, are really something that is. Um, I've taken uh, a number of uh, programs, I've uh, looked at a ton of research, and these are the key five components. With the most important component that really drives and is a foundation piece, it's the, you know, it's, it's, what, it's the foundation of the house, and that's the whole area of self. And I think we've gone into a little bit of craziness with self, all these different ways of discussing self. But I just want to talk about the awareness of who you are as a person. And we want to develop that in the first unit, which is, you know, we've got two sessions for an hour and a half, and the kids are in a very safe and comfortable environment where they have have, um, open dialogue where they, who am I, what am I good at, what do I need to work on, what are my value systems, that are really like it's the map that's really like the foundation, those that's the map that the child uses so that when they go into the other areas, communication, goal setting, conflict resolution, stress management, m- most of the decisions that are made within those areas are based on how you feel about yourself. So, you know, some wonderful, I love children's books, one by Carol McLeod, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Have You Filled Your Bucket Today? And it's based on something that i think we all like how do you fill your day how do you feel about yourself and that's going to dictate a lot of what happens and how you guide yourself with all the all the decisions that you need need to make so
1: i guess janet then when you're you know you're putting these into place where you're going through these five essential life skills Mm -hmm. um, do you find that they have to be reevaluated every so often because of the nature of the population, how it changes, and I guess, to, uh, I, I guess in a roundabout way, of putting it, um, how do you real, how does a child really manage stress? Somebody had asked me this this weekend. I know perhaps it's putting you a little bit on the spot, but how does a child go about managing um, their problems if they? don't really know it's a problem or they believe that this is hey this is how life really is
2: okay so those are two excellent questions the first that I'll address is you know modifications to the program and in order to stay relevant it's important that we understand what the issues are that kids are going through so we are you know presently going through a project right now just to really address how our program is helping kids transition into high school so that they start that journey off as positively as we can. So we are addressing, we're looking at the program we're doing an audit on. Are we in fact acknowledging the important success factors to transition to high school and are they in our program? I'm happy to say that they are. Uh, we want to make sure that they are in there. It's taking a look at our program and you know, we started off the whole conversation this morning. You talked about a fax machine I could have thrown in the typewriter, but times have changed for communication. So we now have a lot of, uh, we're on a 24-7 basis. Unfortunately, there's no escape. So that type of, and as you said, you know, Peter, that the bullying stopped when you got home. No, the bullying continues when you get home. So we've had to bring in components like that into the program or even financial awareness. We didn't have financial awareness when we started off the program. But in order to address some of the needs that are being expressed by the kids, we've put that component into the program. The other question that you were asking was managing stress. And, you know, I don't know who's got the magic wand and the secret sauce for that one, but mine has become a much more simplistic um, uh, view on how we handle stress. And it it really comes down to a correlation of, again, and I keep going back to it, and I'm not trying to beat the horse here, but it's, it's the foundation for everything that we're doing is that if I'm appreciating myself in a way that's more positive, if I'm feeling more worthiness of who I am, when I'm feeling worthy of who I am, I'm really not prepared to take on, I've got the choice of how much stress I want in my life. And I minimize, reduce, not remove, but how I embrace the stress that's in my life. I've got a really, when, I, when I'm steering my ship, I've got a greater ability to say, you know what? It's not that bad. I don't have, like at Kids Now, we don't have problems that we need to fix. We have challenges that we need to find solutions for. And it's just that whole mindset. So how do we handle stress? Well, you have as much stress as you want. It's, it's again, you know, and I, I love, like, a lot of what I do is based on, you know, here's a Mark Twain. I've been through some terrible things in my life, some of which actually happened. (laughs) How much time do I want to spend in that negativity? Or, you know, I'm an Eleanor Roosevelt fan. No one can make me feel inferior without, you know, my consent. How much time I want to spend in this negative world is going to really be the question of, well, then how much stress management is going going to be required to get through that. And
0: that's my choice. It really is, and I guess you're 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 really teaching them that they are the masters of their own destiny, and and that very few external forces can um, completely disrupt yep. their their path to whatever they want to do. Yes, it will impact it, and maybe divert you a little bit off course. As you said, you're steering your ship, uh, ship, and a big wind comes, the ship goes off course. But you teach them skills to get it back on course. Yes, to teach exactly. them how to be great sailors, so to speak, to use a crappy analogy but
2: no it's a, it's a fantastic analogy and I actually you know I, I used to do quite a bit of sailing so there's a lot of analogies that can just you know if we're going to play on the you know the, the sailing I mean you are the captain of your ship and I'm not I'm not pretending for one second because I've worked with these kids you know I know where they came from that morning they, they were in sleeping in a hallway hmm. they had a parent tell them that they were useless but then there's the Victor Frankl's of the world, who made it through the concentration camps because the power of his mind. And I know those are few and far between, but it is inspiration. And we are the masters of what we can bring ourselves to. And there are so many. I don't. I think that we're doing a tremendous. And I, the, using the word "disservice" isn't is is just um, uh, dismissing the reality and, and the power of. Too many kids are coming out of an environment every morning and they're, 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 they've been told they're nothing. So we can't put our emphasis that my happiness is dependent upon so-and-so.
0: Right.
2: My happiness is dependent upon me. And that's, that's where we've got to go. It's dependent. I have the power. And some people can think, yeah, but, yeah, but... And there's always a billion excuses. But as soon as you start getting into that start drinking that you know that special sauce that you then then there's my gosh just because so-and-so cut me off and gave me the bird when i was driving that doesn't mean i'm gonna let it ruin my day
0: i need to i need (laughs) i need to learn that skill right now do you take older (laughs) older uh, distance long distance learning students because uh I think I need (laughs) help with that. Janet King is the Chief Kids Officer and Founder of KidsNowCanada.org. Very appreciative and a wonderful chat with you this morning.
2: Thank you. It was very enjoyable. Thank you. I loved your questions.
0: We will be right back. We unfortunately have to take a break, but uh, you're listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio Worldwide at talk-radio.ca. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco.
1: And welcome back to Matters of the Mind where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week especially when it involves or surrounds issues around relationships mental health issues, addictions, you name it we're here to talk about it and with us each week uh, we love having her on to talk about the Center for abuse awareness is Ellen Campbell, who is the CEO and founder. So Ellen, this week you got something really cool to talk about, which is Derringer, the whole thing with the Q107, the 13 days of Christmas.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, good morning, everyone. Yes, um, for those listeners that don't know, Q107, John Derringer in the morning, every year for past 10 years, this is our 11th year, goes on air for 13 days and he raises money for us and products. And we have raised millions, a lot in products, like Revlon and Danye, some of the really big sponsors, FedEx, come on board. It sounds like we get millions of dollars, we don't. We do raise cash, but a lot of it is badly needed product. Um, So this year, we're doing a whole campaign because as I've been speaking about, we're now providing furniture for people so they can have a complete apartment to get started with, with everything they need. Um, so we're going to start sponsoring, over Christmas, specific items. And uh, Blair, the station manager, even made the comedy, said, "Wow, well, we take it for granted. We're sitting on chairs. But a woman or a man that just comes out of a really bad situation and gets their first place to live, they don't even have a chair. So we take all these things for granted. So we want to start a campaign to really raise money for furnishing these apartments and um, so for instance someone could sponsor a chair Uh for $25. It's all on our website, Mm -hmm. the different values. You can sponsor a couch, you can sponsor a whole, you know, living room, whatever. And um, I'm really encouraged that this is going to be able to provide, you know, a lot more funding as the demand is, getting greater. And I I was just mentioning to you that um, I had a lady come in yesterday. We're we're getting all her furniture on Tuesday next week. But um, she came in. She got all her bedding and everything. We've got an interior designer that's going to go in free of charge and help her put her apartment together, get the right colored drapes and some pictures and ornaments to make it a home. But when she was finished and she was leaving, she said, do you have gas cards or do you have cards for, for food? And I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, I have. I have she has a. She just. She's a cleaning lady. She has an old car that she uses, but she had no. She I 'I don't get paid till the end of the month, and I have no money for food or gas.' So we were able to give her twenty dollars for gas, and I just went and got some soup right out from our kitchen there, and um, and this is how a lot of these people are living." And the food bank didn't open till today or tomorrow, so this is in York Region. So this is all around us. There's some very hurting people that need so much, and so we're hoping this campaign is going to really help raise a lot of money because obviously it's not just clothing they need; they need everything.
0: Now, will you welcome cash donations? I'm sure you would welcome any amount, and and just free of just. Someone give you money. Personally, sometimes when I donate money, um, I get the feeling that while I trust how you spend it, I feel a little disconnected from the process. And if you were to tell me, give us $25 and you can buy a chair or give us X amount of dollars and you can give someone a living room suite. To me, Uh I feel a little bit more involved in the process, and it's very tangible for me to see where my dollars go directly. So I love that you're now giving someone the option of saying, you can give us money and we'll spend it in a variety of ways, or you can directly sponsor someone, which is very cool.
3: Exactly. And they can go online. I mean, it goes everything from a couple of lamps for $20 right up to an entire family, you know, a house for $1,000. So there's different categories. Um, but you're right, it's, it is tangible. And as I've mentioned before, our administrative costs are under 10%. So the money really does go to the programs and where it's needed.
1: And folks, you know any t- time is, is a, a person is in need. Regardless of the the time of the year. But, folks, it is Thanksgiving up and coming, and it also is, (laughs) I hate to say it, the winter season just around the corner. So there are are a lot of folks out there in need, so definitely please help. Uh, Ellen's cause, it is a great cause. And for anybody that wants to get involved with all this Ellen donation-wise or volunteering or whatever they can do, what is the best way they can go about this?
3: Just to go online at abusehurt.ca. And they can see information on the donation process. If they want to volunteer, they just have to, um, you know, contact us. All the contact information is on there. We love volunteers. We can really use volunteers. That's how we can do our admin costs under 10%. And um, FedEx, I'm just meeting with them. They're huge sponsors of this program, and they do all the pickups and everything for us at Christmas and they're huge supporters. Um, so, yeah, we... We welcome, and we also welcome donated items. Now, you know, again, we we won't just take anything, but we have to be careful because we've got limited space. But, you know, if people have some gently used furniture that they'd like to donate, we can give them a tax receipt.
0: Yeah, big shout-out to FedEx. Um, That is uh, yeoman's work there. I mean, being able to uh, pick up everything that you have and ship it a variety of places, um, they don't have to do it, and it is wonderful that they're stepping up to the plate to do that because it it enables you as a a charity to further your mission um, at virtually no cost to you.
3: Exactly. Uh, The other one that's great, too, I want to acknowledge is the TTC. Every Christmas they do TTC stuff the bus. And they go to about, I don't know how many locations. They kick it off at Q107. And they might be at Walmart for a day. And they take toys or cash donations. And literally, they bring us busloads of toys. Because we serviced last year over 2,000 families. So they bring just a huge double, you know, bus, length bus, full of toys.
0: We're going to have to uh, let people know of that uh, for sure. I mean, I don't know how many people (laughs) know about that particular initiative from the TTC. And uh, in conjunction with Q107.
3: Yeah, and and Q. I mean, we've got a lot of great sponsors, Danier and Revlon. I mean, we've got some amazing sponsors. And uh, we really appreciate it. But we appreciate any donation. $20 to us is a lot. (laughs) You know, we're grassroots. We don't take any government funding. So we appreciate any donation. And we're here to help, too. Maybe some of your listeners are needing help. By all means, contact us.
0: And before we say goodbye, what year is this now for the Thirteen Days of Christmas? How many years is this one? This is one? our
3: eleventh year. Eleventh year. Yeah, John Derringer, he's amazing.
0: He really is. Yeah. I'm going to tag him on Facebook because we're friends on Perfect. Facebook, and and just uh, thank him publicly for his his great work.
3: That would be great. He uh, he doesn't he does it for all the right reasons. He doesn't expect to be acknowledged, but that would be really great.
0: I'll embarrass him today. <laughs>
3: okay, and if anybody else wants to send him a thank you. They've raised millions. Uh, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Q107.
1: Well, Thank no. you so much, Ellen. It's always a pleasure having you on each you. and every week. And folks. Definitely go to the website, Center for Abuse Awareness, get involved. It's a tremendous cause, and we'll have you back next week, Ellen.
3: Wonderful. I want to plug your amazing book that I just handed out this morning. I forget the exact name, but it's an amazing book that your listeners need to know about.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate it.
3: Okay.
0: Thanks. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. More Matters of the Mind right around the corner.
1: Thank you for joining Matters of the Mind, where everything on your mind matters to us each and every week. And next week, we've got a great guest. That would be Annie Fox, who is an internationally respected parenting expert, family coach, and trusted online advisor for teens. She's a best-selling author. You're going to love her.
0: Wow. I cannot wait for that. And we'll, of course, have Ellen Campbell back on from abuseherts.ca you're listening to Matters of the Mind each Wednesday at 8 p.m. And if you miss it, it's on podcast. And by all means, reach out to us, petersacco.com. We're on Facebook and we are everywhere. We'll catch you right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Until then, have a great week. You've been listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. Get in touch with him on his website, petersacco.com, or find his contact page on Listen Up at talk-radio.ca. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio, on Twitter at listenuptalk. Thanks for listening and sharing our post. We'll catch you next week.